Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> Today's episode of The Other Stories is For Life, written by Slade Stone and narrated by James Barnett, a.k.a. Jimmy Horace. They say it only takes one time. One time, and you're hooked for life. After three tedious years of slogging my way through an engineering degree at Northeastern University, I had finally arrived at my final year of college. It was autumn. Neon pumpkins sat in rows atop the front steps of brownstones. Crumpled leaves floated like tumbleweed along the roads. Local bars donned kitschy signs covered in cartoon ghosts that read, Drinks that will raise your spirits. By that time in my life, Halloween had lost its luster. In fact, the thought of dressing up in an overpriced penguin costume I would wear one time, only to make out with a drunken green M&M at a club, made me shudder. That's why Alex and I decided we were going to transcend the traditions entirely. The two of us, in rebellion of anything remotely Hallmarkian, would spend our night on the Charles River, avoiding the chaos. A six-year-in-the-running vegetarian and philosophy major, Alex was as liberal as they come. He was tall and kind, with a calm demeanour. Two years prior, we met in an electives class called Eastern World Religions. On a few occasions... We'd gone out for drinks with mutual friends, and on many more occasions he sold me weed. When the dreaded night in question eventually arrived, we met outside my dorm and made our way to the nearby esplanade. 
It was an endless stretch of green along the river that, by the light of the street lamps, gave our stroll a somewhat haunted feel. As we followed the pathway, I found myself wishing I had brought a bigger jacket. Noticing my blatant shivering, Alex perked up. I've got something that'll warm you up, Danny boy. He stepped out of the glow of the lighted path. Rummaging through his pocket, his face lit up as he pulled out a small, shimmering vial. A guy in California sent me something new, he said, holding up the glass. It's supposed to be unlike anything out there. Not even on the markets yet. I was saving it for tonight. I glanced around. Cops occasionally prowled the area and, given the spirit of the holiday, I expected them to be out in full. But as I traced one end of the path to the other and saw no one, I shrugged and took it from his hand. What is it? I asked. Iridescent blues and pinks shone through it. They had a dazzling, artificial glow. He called it fairy dust, Alex said. Apparently it's super rare. Why is that? Alex gave a sly grin. Because it comes from real fairies. Although the joke made me laugh, I hesitated. I'd tried a couple of drugs before, but usually stuck to alcohol and weed. You don't have to have it if you don't want to, but I'm going to try it. Before I could explain myself, he grabbed the vial and opened it. Sparkles poofed out of the top, wafting a sweet, intoxicating aroma my way. He spread a small bit of it onto his pinky finger and held the vial back out to me. Then he stuck his finger straight up his nose and snorted. His eyes rolled back. His face blushed. The jealousy, partially mixed with a burning curiosity, took hold of me. I dabbed a bit on my own left pinky, held it up to my face, and sniffed. I closed my eyes. My nostrils burned. A tidal wave rushed up to my brain and back down into my fingertips, pricking every atom along the way. When I opened my eyes, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Everything was a psychedelic sheen. Each colour, the evergreen grass, the yellowed street lamps, was new. Even looking at Alex somehow felt different. He was beautiful. His skin glowed. Eyes gleamed with passion. He was ethereal. And I, euphoric. Together we walked back to campus. Each mundane sight made me more grateful than I had ever been. Each feeling that overcame me was a youthful, blissful one. I thanked Alex for the high, wished him a safe walk back. Then I retreated to my own room and descended into the most peaceful sleep I'd had in years. When I awoke, the first thing I thought of was fairy dust. There was no hangover. No troubling symptoms. My body only craved the happiness the drug had gifted me. Pushing the wantings aside, I grabbed a breakfast burrito from a nearby dining hall and texted Alex. Maybe the two of us should do it again sometime. But he never answered me. Not that day. Or the following day. Or any day after that. I never heard from him in the spring semester. And when I took my final steps across the stage at graduation, diploma in hand, Alex didn't cross the stage with me. I tried to call him, 
I asked friends about him, thought about him frequently, and occasionally still craved the sweetness of fairy dust. But it was gone. He was gone. Until he called me six years later. A lifetime away, I was working at an advertising firm called Keith and Connor. I'd moved from Boston back to Chicago where my family was from. In the time that passed, I forgot about Alex. Forgot about his laugh, his down-to-earthness. That's why, when his number mysteriously popped up on my phone one afternoon, I left the meeting I was in and picked up. Danny, you've got to come over right now. Uh, Alex? It, is it really you? Yeah. Listen, are you still out in Boston? What? I said, shaking my head. Nah, man. I haven't lived there in years. I can't believe it's really you. Where have you been? Not important. His voice was erratic. Rushed. I need you to fly out here. I need to show you something. A pang of guilt ripped through me. I don't know, man. I... Come on, man. Come on out. It was the urgency. The way he spoke that made me buy a flight the very next day. It was springtime then. Pink flower buds dressed the city trees. Warmth floated in the air. When I arrived at the address he texted me, a garden unit in a small bricked complex, he opened the door before I even knocked. But the person that stood before me barely resembled my old friend from college. He was thin and hunched, with hollow cheeks and white lips. Alex? I said. How? It's the best time! He said, grabbing the scruff of my flannel and pulling me inside. It's the best time to harvest. If you don't look fast enough, they look like hummingbirds. His apartment was in shambles. There were empty, red-stained jars strewn about the floor. Maps crudely taped to the walls. And small, pale figurines decorated the tables and shelves. A lump formed in my throat. They've always been around, Alex said. How did we live our entire lives never having seen them before? What happened to you? What the hell are you talking about? Alex looked at me. Fairies! And that's when I realised. He'd been hooked. All it took was one time. My skin crawled. His hands twitched. His hair ruffled. But the strangest part, by far, was his eyes. Each time he turned... Each shift of movement in the light, the whites of his eyes seemed to glisten with a tint of deep purple. I rubbed my forearm. Fairies aren't real. You know that, right? Alex shook his head and reached out his hand, trying to grab my shirt once more. But I pulled back, staring at him. Look, man, I don't know what happened that night. You disappear off the face of the earth for years and then magically come back? Are you still on drugs? Is it only fairy dust? Alex's brow furrowed. Fairies are real. I can show you. Then he turned, walking through the mess of his apartment. I wanted to walk out right then and there. Leave, before he could drag me further into his crazy, drug-induced world. But there was a part of me that still felt responsible for what had happened all those years ago. I figured he probably would have ended up trying fairy dust on his own and messed up his life regardless of my involvement. 
but there was still a panging feeling inside of me, a shiver of guilt that kept me walking through the house. I passed through the build-ups of filth and arrived with him at a plain brown door. Without a word, he opened it. In any other setting, I might have mistaken it for an ordinary broom closet. It was as cluttered and dusty as the rest of the house, filled with clear sealed jars and a couple of bags at the bottom. But as I stepped forward and peered closer, I noticed that inside the jars were tiny moving objects. There were dozens upon dozens of them, too large and animated to be bugs, yet too small to be birds. Each had a set of thin limbs, an orb-shaped head. My head spun. Fairies, Alex said, nodding. He reached inside and pulled one of the closest jars to us out. Inside it was a thin peach-coloured fairy with stringy ivy hair. Its face was delicate, like a miniature porcelain doll with translucent wings. I shook my head and took a step back, bumping into the wall behind me. Want to see how I harvest the dust? He smiled a desperate smile. As soon as he said this, the fairy inside began writhing and whimpering. He slid a few dishevelled papers off of the coffee table nearby and set the jar down. Unscrewing the lid, he slid his hand into the jar. I winced, thinking he might crush the fairy inside of it. But he pulled it out and held it up to me. It doesn't take a lot to get it, he said. With his other hand, he reached into his back pocket and pulled out a pocket knife with a click. He then set the fairy down on the table, pinning its body with his thumb and forefinger. Wait, I shook my head. What are you? But he was already working with a surgeon's precision, using his other hand to saw off the fairy's desperately fluttering wings. As soon as the blade touched the thin paper-like material, the fairy let out a high-pitched wail. Alex continued, moving like a bloodhound on a scent. The fairy screeched. It howled. It moved its tiny hands underneath Alex's fingers. Red sputtered everywhere as he dug the knife into the fairy's back. Can't risk losing even a little bit of it, he confirmed, assuring me he hadn't botched the job. Stop, I cried, but he didn't stop. He sawed one wing off. And then the other. When it was all said and done, the fairy was motionless. My heart pounded inside of my chest. My arms shook. Alex picked his hand up off the fairy and closed his pocket knife. Sometimes I leave them there to bleed out. If they're quiet enough, I'll just let them die on their own. He picked a black grinder up off the ground with one hand, holding the delicate wings with the other. And that's when I noticed it figurines on the ground. They were bodies. Dying, decaying bodies of fairies sacrificed to Alex's manic dust cause. I felt nauseous. My eyes darted to the door and then back to him. Alex dropped the fairy wings into the grinder and began twisting his hands. Alex, I said, I need to, I need to get out of, but before I could finish my sentence, Alex opened the small contraption. A poof of powder erupted from it, wafting a familiar scent around the room. And in an instant, I was transported back to the Esplanade, back to Halloween. With a tug, 
my body begged me to move forward, to grab the magical dust out of his hands and hold it up to my own face. Alex looked up, his blue eyes glistening with power. Want some? My pinky trembled. All it took was one time. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories. For Life was written by Slade Stone, narrated and edited by James Barnett, aka Jimmy Horace, with music by Vilaitai and Kamiku and Andrew KN and Tom Robson, and sound effect provided by freesound.org. The episode illustration was provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House. A quick thanks to our community managers, Joshua Boucher and Jasmine Arch, and to Carolyn O'Brien for help with our submission reading, and of course to Ben Errington for all the social media knives and swords and daggers he produces at his social media blacksmiths. Slade Stone is a senior copywriter living in Chicago. Her work is featured at sladestone.com and her abstract musings at the Slade Parade. James Barnett is the producer of the Night's End podcast, a short story fiction podcast of tales of horror and the paranormal. Search for it wherever you get your podcasts so you can also catch other works of his at jamesbarnettcreative.com. The Other Stories is a production of the Story Studio Hawk and Cleaver and is brought to you with a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means share the hell out of it. So, until next time. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.